Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise radio show with our favorite money guy, Ray Lance, who really does help us protect our assets, help us protect everything that we worked so very hard for in our families. Ray, good morning. Good morning, Phil, and thank you so much for your kind introduction, as always. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's always a pleasure to be with you, and uh, it's exciting every week to hear more and more people who say they listen to the show on a regular basis. So we like to try to show you things every single week, especially things that will help you protect your family and protect your money. And those are things that are very important to all of us, family, of course, being number one, but Good Sunday morning. We're uh, thrilled to have with us this morning a special guest. One of my uh, favorites, I've, by the way. I've met her a few times before. We're uh, happy to have with us Attorney Tenny Lance. Good morning, Tenny. Good morning. Good morning. And <laughs> Phil, and ladies and gentlemen, today we're going to be talking about nursing home protection and Medicaid planning. It's a complicated subject. It's, it's very high up on most people's list. Uh, people are always very concerned when they see Tenny and the people in her firm, Attorney Michael Coleman, about what can they do to protect the house. People are most afraid of losing their home to the nursing home. There are things you can do. There are things you can't do. There are look-back periods. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned as we talk about what can you do to protect your house, what can you do to protect your family, your assets, your money, if somebody in your household has to go to a nursing home. But, um, you know, my, my plan, Phil, is that I'm never going to go to a nursing home. Oh, that's great. I don't plan on No, on, you don't plan this. to. And, and, Tenny, do you plan to go to a nursing home? I've always said that if somebody will feed me three good meals a day, do my house cleaning and laundry, I'm happy for anything. Sure. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> well, I'll visit you once in a while. <laughs> but uh, don't put me there. That's what everybody says. Nobody wants to be in a nursing home. I wouldn't mind uh, ending up at a, an all-exclusive club. <laughs> Co- co-educational? Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we want to live, uh, obviously, healthy, and we want to stay in our own surroundings. Uh, nobody really wants to be in a nursing home. But, and, you know, old age is something that we do have to face, don't we? Oh, yes. And oh, yes. Um, there are some interesting thoughts that I want to share with you about youth and aging. And this was from Sophocles. Did you ever hear of Sophocles? I have. No man loves life like him that's growing old. That sounds very wise. It does. <laughs> <laughs> and just one or two others I'll share with you. Uh, this was uh, Aristophanes. Aristophanes, now, That yes. sounds like a Greek name, doesn't it? Yeah, he made a perfume. Very, very nice. It's a French perfume, actually. Really? Well, I thought that was a famous uh, Greek writer and poet and playwright and everything else. Well, Aristophanes uh, wrote, Old men are children for a second time. And oh, that's funny. I know my children and grandchildren would probably say that about me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Don't tell Celeste that. <laughs> well, there's we always, one more. Huh? We always tell Ray that he has already been outgrown by his 11- and 8-year-old grandsons. Or actually, my daughter says... I'm the same mental age as my two and a half year old grandson. <laughs> we have it's fun, yeah. isn't it? It's yeah, fun. it is. <laughs> and uh, so there's a gentleman named uh, John Haywood who also wrote, "There is no fool like an old fool." <laughs> 
So those are my thoughts on aging this morning. And um, mm. it's, it's somewhere where we all want to get eventually, but not any sooner than we have to. That's right. But uh, actually, Aristophanes, I did a little research on him. Um, he was born in 446 B.C. Mm-hmm. So that was, what's that, uh, 2,500 years ago. Absolutely. Roughly. And he was very famous as a writer and a playwright. Uh, he was a comic playwright, uh, primarily, in ancient Athens. And um, he's also sometimes called the father of comedy. So we'll be sharing a few thoughts with him from time to time. Really good. Funny ones, I hope. Yeah, we'll have to find out some funny things that he wrote, didn't we? Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. So, Tenny, we're going to talk about Medicaid today. We're going to talk about uh, how do we protect people's assets if somebody has to go to a nursing home and nobody wants to go there. And first of all, let's talk about nursing home costs. Uh, what do nursing homes typically charge today, let's say, in the southeastern Mass area? But how expensive is it to be in a nursing home? Depending upon whether you're in a private room or a semi-private room or a ward, the rates can vary, but they tend to be in the range of three and a quarter to four hundred dollars per day, wow. which translates to uh, something about a hundred and thirty to a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year for a private pay. And I guess people don't really think about that very much. They know that it's expensive, but when you really do the numbers on it, it's incredibly expensive. How could you think on it? I mean, it's just beyond thinking yeah. it's it's beyond right. what should be reality mm. and um your your regular health insurance doesn't pay for anything in a nursing home does it well that's a complicated question and um your regular nursing home if you are nursing um insurance i mean if you are over the age of 65 is generally coupled with medicare And so the real question is, will Medicare cover in a nursing home? And that depends upon whether or not you have spent three prior nights admitted to a hospital. If you have been in a hospital and have been under only observation for no matter how long that might be, and then are transferred to a nursing home, Medicare does not cover that cost. And that's a surprise to a lot of people in a couple of ways. First, a lot of people don't realize that they may be under observation and not admitted at a hospital. And this has been happening more and more lately where a doctor, uh, now called a hospitalist, someone who works for the hospital, generally is not your doctor. regular physician will keep you in a hospital for observation and never admit you, and then you are in difficulty if you have to be transferred to a nursing home. So in other words, in in terms of how one pays for staying in a nursing home, if you have to be in that position, you have to be in a nursing home, I guess the first thing is if you have your own money and your own assets, then you're a private pay patient, right? Yes, certainly. Um, The coverage of a nursing home by Medicaid is intended for people who are poor. It was um, instituted for that purpose, and so um, people sort of forget that because the nursing homes have become so outlandishly expensive these days. So the focus of what we're going to talk about today will be on 
the financial cost of the nursing home. And I guess it starts out with the fact that if you have money and if you have a large amount of income and if you have assets, you have to spend those down first before you might qualify for Medicaid. Is that basically correct? That's what the state is asking you to do, yes. All right. So let me jump back to the Medicare thing for just a minute. Medicare is a form of government health insurance. Typically, you sign up when you're 65 years of age. I know that much about it. And then the next thing that happens, as you said, is if you have to go to a nursing home, maybe you fell down, broke a bone, um, you have to be admitted to the hospital for three nights minimum before you could use Medicare assistance possibly for paying for the nursing home? That's correct. Um, If you are transferred to a nursing home from a hospital not having been admitted, then Medicare will not pay and you will be a private pay, so-called, patient. All right, so let's assume that somebody was in the hospital for at least three nights and then they transferred directly from there to the nursing home. And I think they have to do that, don't they? They can't go home and then go back to the nursing home? That's correct. But remember, just being in a hospital doesn't necessarily mean that you are admitted. All right. So if you are admitted and you were there for three nights and your condition is serious enough or a parent or a spouse or a relative, and they have been admitted to the hospital for three nights and then go from there to the nursing home, um, what what does Medicare pay towards the cost of the nursing home and for how long? The maximum term for Medicare to pay any coverage in the nursing home is 100 days. That um, has been changed recently because of a suit that was brought by a group in Vermont. For a long while, what uh, Medicare was saying was that you had to be improving in order to continue getting all of your 100 days paid for by Medicare. Hmm. And then this Vermont group brought suit and said that's not what the federal law says. The federal law simply says that you uh, are in need of getting um, care in the nursing home that will keep you sustained at the level that you are at um, presently so that it's no longer the case that you're going to be suddenly cut off from Medicare before that 100-day period is up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... What you're saying then is that if you were admitted to the hospital for three nights, you go directly from there to the nursing home, then there's a possibility that Medicare may pay part of your nursing home bill, but only for 100 days? That's correct. And for the first 20 days, Medicare pays, and the last 80 days, there is a contribution if you have that private insurance that supplements Medicare. So if you have something like Blue Cross or United or whatever, then there won't be a whole lot of cost to you. Most of it will be picked up by either Medicare or your private insurance. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, Tenny is is quite knowledgeable in the the whole aspects of how to qualify somebody for state benefits or federal benefits if somebody has to go to a nursing home. But um, I know enough to be dangerous. You're, You're more qualified than I am, Tenny, to talk about the subject, which is why you're here today. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can't call you an expert because you're not allowed to call people experts in Massachusetts, right? Right. (laughs) So now what if somebody is in the hospital, they've got dementia, they're there because they had the flu and they're admitted for three nights 
and then they go to the nursing home. But they don't have anything really physically wrong with them other than they have dementia. Will they qualify for the Medicare benefits? Well, the answer to that is it depends. They need to be there for some supportive services, but not just for custodial care. So uh, if somebody has mild dementia, it isn't likely that Medicare will cover them. All right. So Medicare really has a very limited uh, usefulness then, doesn't it? The most it will cover is for 100 days. You know, it doesn't cover somebody who's going to be in the nursing home for custodial care, which is, I assume, somebody who has dementia or Alzheimer's. Uh, it has to be more than that. So that's really only a, a short measure to help pay for nursing home costs, a short-term measure, isn't it? Yes, and the statistics that we have come upon say that those who are in nursing homes um, often stay for quite a period of time, as both you and I are familiar. My mother was in a nursing home with dementia for seven years, and your mother was in a nursing home for dementia for five years. So those are really long-term stays. And that's why we have to keep working to stay healthy. We have to learn languages and learn how to play musical instruments and keep, keep our brains active, active. Right. and exercise and drink wine. <laughs> Does drinking wine count, Tenny? Count toward what? Your enjoyment? Sure. Aristophanes would say yes. <laughs> yes, he probably would. Let me give a little bit of background on Tenny uh, because she will be reluctant to do it herself. But um, she went to Clark University where she received a degree in geography. And she went uh, later in life to law school. And uh, where did you go to law school, Tenny? I went to the University of Massachusetts School of Law in Dartmouth. It used to be called SNESL, the Southern right. New England School of Law. <laughs> yeah. And I know you do mostly work in the area of estate planning and working with seniors, and you also do a lot of work for uh, nursing, nursing home protection, nursing home qualification. Um, what are some of the organizations that you belong to that might relate to this? Well, the most important one for uh, our firm is the National Academy of Elder Law Attorneys, which tends to specialize in the fields of Medicare, Medicaid, special needs, those kinds of things. We also belong to the American Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys, and that emphasis is more on saving taxes and planning for your estate and so forth. But Mass NALA is a very active group. It has more than 300 active members. Uh, they have dinner meetings regularly where there are instructions on new and different aspects of the law. Okay, so that's really helpful. And I know that in your business, in your practice, um, what's the name of your firm? Lance Law, Inc. That has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Doesn't it? it? <laughs> <laughs> I know you do a lot of work in the area of Medicaid, so... Do you actually do Medicaid applications and Medicaid appeals and things like that? Yes, we certainly do. Uh, Medicaid applications are not easy things to put together. One thing that we suggest to people is that if they are thinking of applying for Medicaid, that they not allow the nursing home or some uh, supposedly free or cheap group to make out the Medicaid application for them because those folks good as they may be, are looking out for the best interest of the nursing home, as well they should, and not necessarily for the best interest of you. So um, I often find 
when I come upon an application that has been begun or submitted by um, somebody not in our legal profession, that there are changes that I would have made if I had been doing the original application. Okay, and I'd like to remind everybody that we're uh, speaking this morning with Attorney Tenny Lance. And Tenny, if somebody wants more information about how to get prepared for having somebody go to a nursing home, how to protect assets, how do they reach you or how do they reach Attorney Michael Coleman, for example? Our address is 352 Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth. We're across from the law school and across from Vanity Fair. Pretty easy to find. And our phone number is 508-998-8800. So, so far this morning, we've learned that the cost of a nursing home is very expensive. And if you have assets um, and private assets, you have to spend those down first before you qualify for state assistance, I assume? Well, that's a complex question. Okay. Um, It usually is. (laughs) Medicaid is a combination of federal and state funds. So there are federal laws, federal regulations, state laws, and state regulations, all of which, and policies of mass health, that, that all of which apply to whether or not you're going to be eligible. So what so is, what is Medicaid? Complicated. Yeah, what is Medicaid then? Medicaid is a source of funds to help pay for long-term care. MassHealth, the organization that administers it, also administers other types of Medicaid assistance for home care, for um, families that are of low income and so forth. But Medicaid that I'm talking about is for long-term care. In a nursing home. In a nursing home. So Medicare is different than Medicaid then? Medicare is federal health insurance. It will not cover beyond 100 days in a nursing home. So strictly short-term. And then Medicaid is a longer-term program, I assume? Medicaid goes on for life, yes. Mm -hmm. So why would somebody need Medicaid? Well, it's pretty easy to understand. If you think that you've got a daily payment rate of $390, say, in a nursing home. Which is incredible, the amount. Which is terribly incredible. And if you take your monthly income and divide it by 30 days, then you'll come up with somewhere usually between 20 and $100 that most people might have to contribute toward that $390 daily rate. All right. So let me think of a cost, for example. If somebody had $2,100 a month and is a social security payment that divides by three, that's $70 a day. Correct. And so if, if they didn't have any other income other than that, then they might get Medicaid for the difference? That's what Medicaid makes up, is the difference between what you can afford to pay out of your own income and what the nursing home needs to, I mean, and what Medicaid needs to pay to the nursing home. And is everybody potentially eligible for Medicaid? What if they haven't paid into the Social Security system? Could they still qualify for Medicaid? As far as I know, everybody would be eligible as long as they are asset-wise eligible. Okay, so if they don't have assets to spend. What about if somebody's a veteran and has to go to a nursing home? Does the Veterans Administration pay for long-term care in a nursing home? I wish that that was – I could give you a more positive answer about that. I've been doing Medicaid for about 17 years, 
and I've only known two people who have been able to get enough VA assistance in order to pay for a nursing home. And generally, you need to be either totally disabled or you have to find the uh, spot, the bed in a nursing home that VA supports. And there are only two in Massachusetts. One is out in Holyoke and one is in Chelsea. Okay, so are those actually VA facilities? Yes. Mm-hmm. Boy, that would be difficult for somebody who might be a veteran from this area to have to have a family member in Chelsea or Holyoke, you said? Right. Long and, way to go to visit. And right. otherwise, you generally need to be totally disabled in order for the VA to pay for long-term care. So is that a definition of disability that like a, a disabled veteran? disabled veteran? Yes, you need to have been made disabled during your military service. Hmm. Okay. So really when you think about options for how do you pay for long-term care, how do you pay for the nursing home, um, Medicare, it sounds like, only pays for at the most up to 100 days. Uh, The Veterans Administration isn't really going to help unless you have one of those lucky spots in Holyoke or Chelsea. And in order to qualify for Medicaid, which is a combination of state and federal, I think you said? Yes. Okay. In order to qualify for Medicaid, then you need to have you, you need to spend on your assets first. So we're going to go into that part next. How can you spend your assets or how can you protect your assets so that you might be eligible for Medicaid? And uh, we're going to talk more about this subject, which is very important right after a short break. And just a quick reminder, we're here talking with attorney Tenny Lance. We'll be right back. Welcome back to USA Wealth Group's Money Wise Radio Show on this Sunday morning with Ray Lance and our very special guest. Thank you, Phil, and thank you again for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking this morning with attorney Tenny Lance on the subject of nursing home cost and Medicaid eligibility. How can you become eligible for Medicaid assistance to pay for the incredibly high cost of long-term care without having to give up all of your assets, without having to lose your house. And I want to remind you that this show is brought to you every week by USA Wealth Group. We are also located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. You can reach me or anybody on my staff by calling 508-998-8858. And every week we announce that if somebody is interested in receiving a free Baby Boomer's Guide to Social Security, Give our office a call. We're getting calls every week now asking uh, for that information. We also have uh, two new publications that we printed recently. One is called Solving the Retirement Income Dilemma because having enough retirement income is critically important for everyone. And the other one is called Retirement Redefined, Making Your Wealth Last a Lifetime. And, Phil, these are fairly new publications, Mm. so I'm going to present these to you. Thank you. I and need them. I'll even autograph them afterwards so you can have your own autograph copy if you like. I have a Sharpie right here. <laughs> you can't wait, can you? <laughs> Such a deal. <laughs> well, we'll come back to a more serious subject of how do you qualify 
for Medicaid assistance so that somebody who has to go to a nursing home in your family will be able to have assistance from the state rather than having to spend down your all, all of your assets. Tenny, let's talk first about a, a single person. So we have a single person who needs to go to a nursing home. How do they qualify for Medicaid? What are they able to keep? What do they have to spend down? In order to be eligible for Medicaid, you have to be either 65 years of age or older or 100% disabled um, or blind and broke. Broke. That's the slide that we use in our seminar. So define broke. What does broke mean? What are you allowed to keep? Broke means that you can keep your personal property like your jewelry, your furniture, and those sorts of things. You can keep one automobile. You can uh, keep an insurance policy, a life insurance policy, if it has very little cash value in it. But as far as assets go, you can keep no more than $2,000. So that's the definition of becoming broke. And if you have assets more than $2,000, you go to a nursing home. Let's say you had $100,000 worth of assets. Does that person have to spend down $98,000 before they qualify for Medicaid? They have to do something with that $98,000. Whether or not it is spent on the nursing home is dependent upon whether they get some good advice about other ways that they might use that money. Okay. Can they use the money for – well, what, what are some of the things they could legally spend the money on, like funeral benefits maybe? They absolutely can plan their own funeral, which is um, gruesome for some to th- contemplate, but – It's a need for all of us, obviously, so uh, you might as well do it and spend your money now on it and not have it uh, paid for by some relative later on. Um, You can go to a funeral home and make an irrevocable contract with that funeral home for all the plans that you might like to have for yourself. And in my office, we do some of that work, for example, We work with a company called NGL, National Guardian Life, and somebody could transfer maybe $10,000 into a funeral and burial expense policy. Mm -hmm. You don't make a lot of money on it, but it's uh, fully eligible as a way to reduce your money so it doesn't just go to the nursing home. So you're paying for something that has to get paid for eventually anyway. So that's that's a way to spend down, I guess, isn't it, Tenny? Yes, another way is to put $1,500 into a segregated bank account that is called burial account in trust for Mary Jones, for example. What about giving money away? Could you give money, let's say you have three children, you've got $90,000 in the bank, could you give them each $30,000 and it's no longer your money? And then could you do that and then be eligible for Medicaid? There's the rub. The federal law that was changed in 2006 said that you can't give away anything within five years of the time when you want to be served by Medicaid and become eligible. It's called a disqualifying transfer. So that's the five-year look-back period that people talk about then. Right, and the difficulty, obviously, is that nobody knows when that five-year period will occur. When will any of us have to be placed in a nursing home. Well, for me, it's real simple. It's never. (laughs) For you, we're not so sure. Ray always says, just shoot me. And I say, oh, sure, I'll I'll just do that. (laughs) 
Unfortunately, that does sometimes happen. You, you hear stories about that once in a while. But, uh, well, it's time to uh, move the guns out of the house, I guess. <laughs> so in terms of paying for it, we've talked to you a little bit about a single person, and that sounds like it's fairly straightforward. They get to keep $2,000. Everything else has to be spent, or until they do that, they don't get Medicaid. Is that essentially correct? That's correct. For a couple, it is slightly different. Um, Mass Health looks at a couple as a unit. So if you have a bank account in the husband's name and a bank account in the wife's name and so forth, they think of it as a unit, and all of it counts. And so for a couple, what can they keep? They can keep all of the personal property that I talked about before. They can keep one car. The person in the nursing home can have $2,000 in his name. And the couple, the person at home called a community spouse, I love the names they use, can keep $117,000 and no more. All right. So what if they have the house and they've got $117,000? But they have another account with another $100,000 in it or an IRA or something. Can they keep that or do they have to spend that money? They cannot keep it per se. And our job is to try to find a way that they can preserve that money to help themselves and not necessarily to spend it on the nursing home. Mm -hmm. So obviously it sounds like prior planning is, is really critically important. It definitely is. There are lots of ads that you hear on the radio these days talking about, we can preserve all of your money. You just have to plan ahead. Well, that's true. We can. But you have to have, it sounds like you have to do it five years ahead of time. Yes, that's just it. And, and no one knows when the five-year period starts or ends. Let me ask you, um, how long does the Medicaid application process typically take? It should be very quick, <laughs> and it isn't. Um, the Medicaid application package is about uh, 10 or 12 pages long and requires lots and lots of documentation. There have to be five years of statements provided to the state office for every single account that you have, whether it's a regular bank account or an annuity or stock account or whatever. And so the paperwork gets to be extremely extensive. Mm. Once it's into the state, the state often doesn't have the manpower to review it carefully. And so they send back a request for more information. Mm -hmm. By the time all of this is said and done, Medicaid applications often take at least a year or so to process. Wow. Now, in the meantime, does the, is the person a private pay patient that they have to come out of pocket to pay for the nursing home? How does that work? The person in the nursing home is eligible when on the day that that person gets down to $2,000 or if they're married when the spouse gets down to $117,000. And then after that, they are to pay the nursing home what is called the patient pay amount. And that's sort of complicated, but it's it's their income, the income for the institutionalized spouse. So is, if it takes this long to process the application, um, is it sometimes retroactive to the time you file it initially? Yes, the Medicaid application can be retroactive for 90 days 
when it's filed. And in any case, the application date is preserved so that even though the process can go on for months and months, you are eligible, as I said, on that day when you are down to the required minimum amount of assets. Mm. Well, let's talk about some of the specific things that people could do to really protect those assets. Uh, what about long-term care insurance? Oh, that's such a, a good benefit. I recommend to everyone who can afford it to be involved with long-term care to get a policy that is what is called the state minimum. And the state minimum is a two-year coverage level at at least $125 per day. I'm looking at a policy right now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Phil, and the person who's insured is F. Tenney Lance. Thank and goodness. it was issued in November 5, 2002. Mm-hmm. So this policy, you've had your own long-term care policy for uh, 12 years so far. Yes. And uh, your policy pays for $150 per day. It also pays the same amount in an assisted living facility. And it also pays $150 a day if you had home health care. It does have a policy limit. Um, so I think this, I'm just speculating here, this looks like it's a five-year policy. It's a five or six year, yes. I don't. I haven't looked at it lately. So basically, if what this means is, if you had to be in a nursing home, this policy is going to pay for part of your cost in the nursing home. Plus, the nursing home would take your social security payment. But because you have this policy, what does it mean in terms of your house? It's a wonderful protection for your house. If you have this state minimum that I was talking about, two years minimum of coverage, $125 a day minimum, then the state will not place a lien on your primary residence. Okay. And so it's a good thing to have if you can afford it, and there is a cost to it, but it's absolutely a way that you can, without any question, on a guaranteed basis, you can protect your house from the nursing home claim. Yes, that's right. I mean, the state is anxious to collect once it has provided assistance to someone, and they keep records of that. There's a group in Worcester that just sits and calculates out what everybody has been provided for by Medicaid. And after you're dead and your uh, estate goes through probate, they want to collect what they have spent on your behalf. All right. Now, um, Tenny, your policy is with John Hancock, and it's one of the better providers of long-term care insurance. And um, I helped to arrange this policy. We do work with John Hancock. I'm actually an agent for them. Ironically, not everybody can qualify for a long-term care policy. Like, I don't have long-term care insurance myself. I have some arthritis in my feet. It excludes me from being eligible to receive long-term care insurance. Hmm. They're afraid that that might become debilitating at some point, so they won't write it for me. So if it's a woman who has osteoporosis, for example, typically that person is not going to be able to get a long-term care policy. Hmm. What are some of the other things that you might be able to do besides uh, that? I guess prior planning is the most important thing. You must do whatever you're going to do five years before you think you might have to go into a nursing home. So at that point, you can do almost anything. You can put your house into an irrevocable trust. Tell us about that. Well, that's a specialized kind of legal document. 
that holds property. It can it is generally done for a protection of the house, the residence, and in that kind of uh, protection, someone else serves as the trustee of your property, and you no longer essentially have the control of it. But you live in the house just as you always did, and you pay taxes and utilities and everything just as you always did. So in many ways, it is uh, no different from what is every day. But you have to do it before, at least five years before you might need to go into a nursing home. Is that correct? That's correct. Whatever you do, whether you give away any of your assets, whether you undertake this irrevocable trust or do a life estate deed, All of these kinds of things have to be done five years ahead. And if you haven't done that and somebody suddenly has to go to a nursing home, um, you can still do some of these transactions. I guess you can take some of the excess assets. Well, let's take a married couple, for example. You said, what, $117,000 the at-home spouse gets to keep? Yes. All right. So if they had $100,000 or $200,000 on top of that, What are some of the things I can do with that excess cash? Well, it gets a little complicated, but first of all, let me say that uh, I want to remind people that the person in the nursing home's income goes to the nursing home. And what that often means is that the spouse who remains at home is impoverished. They lose half their income or more to the person in the nursing home. And so if you have extra assets... What we are able to do is to purchase something called an immediate annuity on behalf of the at-home spouse to give that person additional income so they are not any longer as impoverished as they were. Mm. That's also called a SPIA, Single Premium Immediate Annuity, and it's a way to take an asset and convert it into cash or cash payment. So there are some things that can be done, I guess, even if somebody is about to go to a nursing home. Even at the last minute, those spias can be done, yes. And prepaying funeral and burial expenses with a, uh, a burial insurance plan and things of that nature, uh, for example, you can do that too. Yes. All right. Uh, there's actually something fairly recent that's come out that I'll mention that I'm not sure that you're aware of, Tenny. It's nice to know, Phil, once in a while that I might know something that Tenny doesn't. Really? Because she's the expert in long-term care. You're not allowed to say that. Well, I know, but we can, we just sort of pretend. Tell me, tell me. Well, you can take a lump sum of money and you can put it into, uh, and you should do this ahead of time earlier, you can put it into a single premium life insurance policy. Uh-huh. So let's say you took $100,000 and put it into a life policy, but that life policy will have long-term care riders into it. Interesting. Inside of it. And that means that you could use... The policy proceeds, if you needed to, ahead of time to pay for the cost of nursing home. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait until you're, you're deceased and then collect the death benefits. So that's becoming more popular now, too. A single premium life insurance policy with long-term care riders. And it's another alternative to doing long-term care insurance. And it's a way to know that the premiums that you're paying into the policy are eventually going to come back in the form of a death benefit mm-hmm. to the beneficiary. Whereas uh, long-term care insurance, uh, if you don't use it, that money can simply be gone, just like a homeowner's insurance policy. You don't get a refund of the premiums if you pay for 10 years in a homeowner's policy. 
and never have a claim. Well, Teddy, it's, it's, it's complicated, but there's some sort of basic rules about this, and um, your experience is obviously uh, very helpful. If somebody wants to know more about, gee, I've got a spouse or I've got a family member that might need to be in a nursing home, I'm concerned about that, can I get more information? Um, do you offer an opportunity to sit down and talk with people or have them meet with you? We certainly do. We offer free initial consultations. We have some brochure material that might be helpful. So please just contact our office at 508-998-8800, and we'd be happy to help you. Of course, if you have to go to the nursing home someday, we'll have to find somebody else in the office to do your application, right? (laughs) Only if I should have dementia. Otherwise, I'm quite able to do my own. Now, that's an interesting thought. She could go to the nursing home and do her own Medicaid application. I'll tell you what, Tenny. We know you have long-term care insurance, so you're covered there. So why don't you, just as sort of a safety net, just put together your own Medicaid application right now? Oh, it's gruesome. I don't want to do that. Thank you. <laughs> no, we don't really want to do that. That's not uh, desirable for anybody. But... Um, it is a complicated subject. And and it's a tough process. And what I tell people when they are going through it, especially the poor spouses who are at home, they don't want their spouse in the nursing home. They're right. very emotionally upset. Mm-hmm. And they have to go through this horrible process that seems to take forever. Mm-hmm. I just tell them to try to be patient, try to just do what the state is asking for. And it uh, has always worked out for us. So here's a question. You said that uh, people can keep one car in the case of a married couple. Could somebody spend down their money and go out and buy a brand new car? Have you ever seen that happen? I did, and I um, I have a client who went out and bought a BMW, and I thought, ooh, oh, that's nice. kind of cheesy, <laughs> a little bit tricky, and it was accepted. Wow. $38,000 BMW. Well, you have to have a new car that's going to last for a while, I guess. <laughs> I was very impressed that he did uh-huh. that. Well, was this his idea? You mean the idea? No, I told him he could buy a oh car. I just goodness. didn't expect him to buy that. Well, Tenny, when, when it comes time for when it comes time for you to go to the nursing home, that's when I'll go out and buy my Mercedes. Oh, you've been wanting a Mercedes <laughs> for an age. No, I actually don't, but I suppose I could do that. Uh. Or a little red Porsche or something. <laughs> <laughs> Those old Volvos that you love. <laughs> yeah, old Volvos are my favorite. Well, we're uh, very thrilled to have with us this morning attorney Tenny Lance. And I can't use the word expert, but I will say that she's very knowledgeable and uh, has a very great success rate in getting people qualified to receive Medicaid assistance and has been able to show them over the years how to protect their assets, and how do they save their assets. And do remember that the earlier you do it, the better, because you can put things in a different form uh, that will allow that five-year look-back period not to be a problem. So, Tenny, thank you so much for being with us and and, uh, sharing this information. I'm always happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. My favorite. And if you would like to uh, meet with representatives at USA Wealth Group, and we'll show you some ideas about how to protect your family and protect your money, please give us a call anytime at 508-998-8858. We'll be happy to answer your questions, 
There's no charge for initial consultation. And we're also happy to send anyone who's interested one of our free reports on uh, income planning and retirement planning. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Phil. And thank you, Ray and Tenney. Ladies and gentlemen, just remember as you approach retirement, you should really consider an advisor who can help you and nobody better than Ray Lance at USA Wealth Group, inviting you to join us again at the same time next Sunday for the Money Wise Radio Show.